Hello and welcome to MiceCast with your hosts Greg, Mike, and Shaft. Hello. How are you? <laughs> it's nice N- seeing you. Down. <laughs> nice low key. Yeah. It's nice to have you on the show today. We'll be spinning those top 40s just soon. Uh, right. See, so you lost already. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, it slipped there for a second. We'll well, did, those... did you listen to the one where Richard did the intro when we recorded here? Yes, yes. Live from live from the what studio? Yeah, the the it was the beachfront studio. Beach. I think it was, it was great. He was going rolling, but there is kind of a pause. I should have edited a, a beat or two out of it. it. It made it look like he was scratching his head for a second. It probably was scratching my head for a second. He might have been, or somewhere else, or scratching something. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to tell when there's no hair on it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you were looking again, weren't you? No, no. All <sighs> right. Let me give you some updates of what happened to me this last week. Oh, shoot. We're recording. I need to edit, edit that out. What? What'd you say? Nothing. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> uh, uh, okay. Son of a bitch. I went to two events to uh, this last week. Uh, both of them uh, were pretty good. The first one was the first ever NFFC Disney Anna Fan Club Heritage Award luncheon. And has nothing to do with the NFFC Disney Anna Fan Club um, show and sale, which was the next day. It, it was a wholly different thing. And what it is, it's to honor people outside the Disney company who have contributed to the preservation and promotion of the Disney company and everything it stands for. So um, uh, Leonard Moulton was the first honoree. And I didn't pay for the lunch. And I said, hey, you know, I can't afford it. But he says, oh, no, just come, come, you know, about dessert time. And we'll roughly figure out what that is and come. And you can, uh, you know, record it, uh, take photographs, whatever. So I will be playing that on Imaginary My Way sooner or later. I just put up my last show, which was an interview with Jeff Mitchell when he went to the uh, Tokyo Resorts. So shortly I'll be putting this one up. And uh, Robert Sherman was the uh, individual who actually presented the award. So he was there, but they had a guy, they had two big uh, high back chairs and what I forgot one of the NFFC Disney fan club guys, let's say had a conversation with Leonard and they both sat there in the chairs. Um, I told them later that we could help them because their presentation could have been better. Uh, the stage wasn't properly lit, so unless you had a flash, it was tough to get uh, photographs. They also had two cameras going so they could project it up on the screen. Again, because of the dimly lit area, not the greatest projection. Uh, so I told them we had all the proper equipment, you know, as long as we had access. So we'll see what happens. And we can uh, do okay. a correct iMag setup. Oh, yeah. And, I, you know, I, there's some other technical things I'd like to talk to them about that – uh, but, you know, that's off the air stuff. But so anyways, it was good. So they had this conversation with Leonard and they showed a couple uh, old animation uh, cuts, a full, they showed the full shorts and they showed um, one that was a war film. And, you know, Leonard talked about how appropriate or any inappropriate, you know, certain films may be considered today and why uh, the decision was. And he wholeheartedly supported it to, you know, do introductions uh, for some movies you know why is mickey in blackface or you know whatever the old cartoons may have shown that may not be socially uh sensitive today and how the war films may not have portrayed uh the japanese americans in such uh, a nice light he says i don't think anybody really has a problem with uh, making fun of nazis but uh, you know <laughs> i mean they're nazis but you can't make fun um but he, he, you know so that's why he on the on the uh, films or the uh 
Disney Treasure Series, which he produces, by the way, or co-produces, uh, they do introductions. So they can kind of put it into context, what you're seeing, uh, especially some of the older films. Even Smoking, they, they, um, they do a disclaimer for smoking. Uh, or drinking even, so oh and he, you know. So, so they had this long conversation, which was, it was all good. And then afterwards, uh, he did sign autographs, and uh, see, Marty Scalar was also there. Dave Smith was there. Uh, I had a chance to speak with both of them real briefly, and uh, there may have, there there was a couple other guys that must be studio guys that I just don't know because uh, occasionally they'd refer to them. Oh wait, we did this right or something like that. So you know. Uh, it was it was all good, uh, very good. You can their NFFC website has more information about it uh, if you want to read it. I also wrote, wrote an article on examiner.com. You can go look at that one too. Uh, so that was that day. Then the next day was the NFFC Disney Fan Club show and sale. And I will say for a minute, the reason it's NFFC Disney Fan Club is because they're in that transitional point to yeah. change their name. Yeah, yeah. So um, they're being sensitive to those people who you know this club's been around 25, 30 years. And at one time, the National Fantasy Fan Club is what NFFC stood for. They then shortened it to just kind of calling it NFFC. But they're still trying to, let's say, be sensitive to those people who over the years developed that name and, you know, built this big club. So it's a, it's a transitional thing. It's also a legal thing because it's, they're a corporation and all that. And so they'll, they'll go, I think, it's about a year as NFFC, Disney, and a fan club. And then it'll just become the Disney, Disney and a fan club. All right. Not the, just Disney and a fan club. Oh. Okay. Because uh, there, there's there's this whole long thing that we went through on the committee about, you know, how you separate NFFC from Disney NFL. I won't go into the details, but there's a proper way that the moniker is used. So um, we'll just leave it at that. So the next day was the show and sale. So Ryan from the Travelers and I did a live recording. We had a little table uh, that we just kind of caught up on Traveler stuff. We did about an hour. We didn't think we'd fill that much time. Next thing you know, an hour had gone by. Yeah, that I know. I know how that works. Yeah, exactly. We, we do that every time we every week. crack the mic. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then we walked around the floor. And guess who we run into? Paul Barry. No, 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 not at oh. all. It was, uh, this, this, no, I ran into him. The week that, that was, uh, yeah, at, at, at NAB, Richard runs into him. No, not Chuck. at NAB, over at oh, uh, CES. CES, yeah. Chuck, yeah. you ran into Chuck. Oh, he's already there. I'm just throwing out names, sorry. <laughs> I know. Uh, so... Um, <laughs> Yes, we ran into Chuck, but no, we talked to him and got you know a bunch of information. Uh, no, we, we were walking around and Walter Koning at a table. Oh, I check off! All right. <laughs> oh no no, Cone, whatever the guy Dave, that writes. Da- Mouse tails. David Koning. David. David, David Koning. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Sorry. Um, are they spelled the same way? The last name, by the way. Uh, I, don't I don't know. I have. It sounds the, so. sounds the same when you pronounce them. But anyways, I kind of looked over the t- table. He says, "Would you like one?" I'm like, "Nah." Some of the stuff in there is just not true. Oh. <laughs> and, and he looked at me. He says, "What do you mean?" I have people say that to me all the time. Prove it. What do you mean it's not true? I said, "Look, it's been a while since I read him or heard you on an interview." I said, "I heard you on an interview, you know, five years ago with Bill Handel, and." I just remember stories you told weren't accurate. Well, t- give me an example. I said, that was five years ago. I don't remember. If I reread it, I, I, I think I have an, an idea. All three of us should read that book, just the first one, because we don't have any context as Disney World show or book. Read the first one, then invite him on. The last names are spelled the same. Are they? Yes. Okay. Um, and then we invite him on, and Richard and I probably, you 
you probably wouldn't have as much no. insight. But I, I guarantee you there were things that Richard and I were present at or were close enough that we were in the security office when things were happening. We weren't the guy selling ice cream watching from 30 feet away thinking he knows everything. Because I think that's where he gets a lot of his information. And I'm sure from his point of view, and we didn't really get into it. He noticed that we were recording because we yeah. stick the mic at him. But you know, I had a, I had uh, the wireless lapel on, and uh, Ryan was carrying around the uh, the handheld mic, and uh, and he says, "Oh, and you're recording this." I'm like, "Get out of my face!" Uh, and of course, you know, he's he he's adored, and I saw he was interviewed by the Orange County Register guy, and he's he's talking about you know he grew up in Anaheim or Orange County, and he loves Disney, and I'm thinking, why would you write those kind of books if you love Disney? Because you're not writing, you know, you're you're not even doing an Al Lutz where you you really think you're helping by telling them where they're screwing up so they can fix it. You're passing on the dirt, really. I mean, Conan's a lot of Conan's books about the dirt. You know, the the well, the, he he says that right at the beginning. I remember I, I got his first book sitting up here on the bookshelf, and he mentions it right at the beginning about how. Uh, you know, when things happen, you get a lot of management that all come out of the woodwork because they all know that in the real world they wouldn't be able to survive anywhere. That doesn't sound like it's very, you know, being nice to, uh, you know, the people that work there and everything. Yeah. So just say, if you want to see what the exact exchange, because, you know, I might be embellishing the little exchange. I got to say, as time goes on, stories always get better. Uh, listen yep. to the Travelers podcast. You'll get the exact words that were passed on. And then I finally did say, you know, your first book, it was, I said the cover of your first two books was done by, a cast member, right? I'm like, God, oh man, I'm, I, I was going blank on Ray's name. It's Ray Holler. Yeah. yeah. And, and he, he spit it out. I'm like, okay. And, and like I say, I have, I have no idea about the Florida book. Uh, I don't know if uh, Earl has read it or any of uh, the other cast members we know out there. It'd be interesting just out of curiosity. And like I say, I'm sure, and I, I didn't want to get into it because I was starting to feel a little perturbed, defensive, didn't really want, you know, not the right place for this. Yeah. Yeah. And you don't on. want him, and you don't want him to think, just remember you as a, some guy that came along and pissed in his cornflakes or something. Uh, no, but as, as Ryan said later, you know, probably wasn't the right thing to admit that a lot of people say that to him. Doesn't that kind of give some credence to, well, maybe you do have some things wrong? Because like I say, if you ask, uh, you know, the guy standing at Star Traders about things he's seen happen and he describes something that he saw go down uh, at, oh. the, at, at the uh, rocket jets... He's he, he's seeing it from 40, oh, 50 yeah. feet away, yeah. and, and from the outside. Then the rumor mill starts. You know, yeah. you know. and you get that you get that all the time. I mean, you, you can have the most innocent looking little thing, and suddenly it, it, it's like that uh, game that they used to play on Wonderama, where you had a bunch of little <laughs> <line-up> kids. <laughs> Don't you ever remember Wonderama? Yes, I do. <laughs> yes. Uh, the for, sad for thing all, is you remember those, that much detail of it. <laughs> for, for all those under forty years old, Wonderama was a great Sunday morning. Morning kids show because well, there was absolutely nothing okay, else. On but Sunday. here's the thing about Wonderama: it was it was filmed on Long Island, okay? Yeah, and, and a significant portion of the children in that audience. Hmm. How do I put this? <laughs> Very <laughs> delicately. They were they were of a certain uh, ethnic, not ethnic. You know, you know, how about religious persuasion? <laughs> well, isn't that no? That it's more of a culture and an ethnicity. I think if you're talking about maybe some people with real curly hair and look like Adam Sandler, is that what you're getting at? Yeah, but they didn't have the curly. I mean, they're just regular old, you <laughs> know. 
I'm thinking of Adam Sandler in that latest uh, Don't Mess with the Zohan. Oh, yeah. oh, I, I never saw that movie, but yeah. Oh, my God. But you th- haven't seen no, that? No, no. It's, missed- so, it's so dumb at some points. It's actually funny. He's ma- He makes fun of everybody. Um, and the whole, you know, Middle Eastern, Israeli thing. It's 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 funny. And, and what's that stuff they spread on every uh, uh, hummus? There's, yeah. there's just like some running That's gags about how I just remember one drama. All the questions had kind oh. of like that. Um, but, you know, remember, they, remember. The, the answers came from, let's say, the Torah, you know? Okay. Yeah. All right, let's move on before we're really pissed off. Yeah, really. What's Wonderama um, have to do with what they, it was? No, they, it was that game where you had the lineup of kids, and the thing was you would start with one kid, and you would t- whisper a phrase to him, and it would go on, and you'd be listening to how it changes going down the oh, line. Oh, yeah, it's kind of like, yeah, I t- you know, one person. What They used to have a commercial about, you know, trying to get the word out. One person tells another, yeah. another, and the whole screen fills up with all these. Right, it, it's true though, and the story changes by the time it gets back down, back around to the other end, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, my favorite one was on the movie Johnny Dangerously when they do it in the prison <laughs> where they're trying to pass the word. Yes. Yes. They're going yeah. to assassinate uh, <laughs> gets, uh, Michael. Michael. <laughs> or, uh, he gets yeah. so brutally murdered by the time it gets down to the end, but he still understood what it was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's not. Your mom wants to say that she loves you so much. They're going to assassinate my brother? That's not what I said. No, but I know how this pipeline works. (laughs) There's a commercial right now in our area for, I don't know if it's cable or something like that. It's like a game show. Three equals pi square. The Brady Bunch. And what follows, you know, three? Twelve to the pi. What? You haven't heard this commercial? Those those, um, examples are way off because I don't remember the exact commercial. But they're so disjointed like that. The answer has nothing to do with the question. But it gets down to either they're selling cable or cell phones or something like that. You oh, know, that's they, right. Yeah, I, I've heard that commercial. Yeah. So, uh, also, right, I, I bumped into, we're back, so we're walking the whole floor. And, of course, you have a mix of vendors. Some, there's some really cool new art out there. There's a guy that takes, um, like, prints, and he'll, with an X-Acto knife, cut them up, let's say, five times. It makes these 3D art out of them. Awesome. The stuff was really Didn't awesome. we see that guy at D23? I don't remember. He had, he had mutton chops. Um, um, we well, talked to him. We, we actually went behind his booth. He invited us back there to look at some more. We pumped his his uh, his little company because I, I have to say it's probably one of the most original things I saw there. Because you know, pretty much you're in there. They're selling the same old same old stuff. You got pins. You got way overpriced stuff from the parks. Uh, you've got the the Disney collectible statues and, and, and all that. You know, Michael Brogy was there, and there was a few other. Uh, Harriet Burns' uh, daughter was there signing books about her mom. Uh, so there's a variety of typical vendors, but this was this was kind of some unique stuff. Anything we saw at D23 that you recognize? Uh, yeah, there's, I mean, yeah, I mean, because some of those same vendors, right? Yeah, they're pins. local, right? <laughs> yeah, pins, pins, pins. I mean, they're, you know, Disney dollars, uh, Conan's books. Oh, the laser disc guy was there. But I literally had no money to spend. I might have gone back over there to see if I could find something. But I, I spent no money. Then Disney also had their store, which I might have spent money I don't have, except that the line never got shorter, and it was really long and moving extremely slow. But they were sh- selling uh, some cool Haunted Mansion uh, hats and shirts. Where like the, It was a black hat um, that just said Haunted Mansion in the Haunted Mansion script. It was really subtle and cool. I just I didn't even wait in line to see how much. Last year, 
uh, before I, I went to the same one, that's where I got some of my Imagineering uh, shirts, and I got a you know Mark Seven monorail hat, stuff like that. But I skipped at that time. So we're standing around, and I, I said something to Ryan. God, I wish we would have saw Tony back. And I'm like, there he is, with his uh -oh. back to us, you know. Uh -oh. And we we stood around, we stood around. He walked over by Michael Brogy's table. He's actually at Harriet Burns' daughter's table. He's was taking some pictures with people. So I'm just kind of standing and waiting. Ryan finally had to leave, so. I, I turned the mics off, but I saw he was moving. He finally got done there. He was moving down the row. So I went all the way to the end, kind of waited until he finished his last conversation. He was moving to the next booth because he's actually looking for the stuff to buy. I'm looking, listening to him. He's looking for stuff. You know, I, when I was talking to him, he says, do you mind if I look here while we're talking? No, not, not at all. Because, of course, you ask, well, I don't want to take too much of your time, but <laughs> right? I don't really want to bother you. But I said, I just got a couple of questions. One, I'll mention off air because it's more of a DPN-related thing. Okay. So then I say um, to him, I said, you know, a friend of mine who still works at the park, I said, I used to work there too, told me that you love to hear about rumors of Big Thunder. Now, that person would be one of us three, so I'll let you guys figure that out. He uh, looked at me like, what the hell are you talking about? But I don't, you know. We, 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 we talked about, about how that came up, yes, Richard, and I, we'd have to go find the show, but... Uh, I don't. I, re I don't remember seeing rumors. I know he loves hearing some of the off-the-wall stories. That story. People, okay. Stories. That rumors. People have made it. it okay. They have anyway. The, so the myth. that's cutting a thin line. But he, he gave so you the look. I, I mean, he gave me the look. Like he says, "Well, we are planning, you know, uh, to replace the track." I said, "Okay, okay. That's probably like Space Mountain." And by the way, I haven't heard anybody chime in on the new, uh, the Space Mountain rehab in Florida yet. Have you? I, I saw something somewhere where it's still like breaking down more regular than it should be no oh. well did they do a complete track replay i mean is it smoother is it i haven't i haven't heard squat i'm, I'm really surprised well there's some okay see because you're not huh. yeah, social yes, media right. right you know people yeah. tweet that and then park it and if you miss it you're you screwed it. there's no there's no long record of it you know there's and no long time frankly the last two weeks almost three weeks i've about the only thing I've tweeted is my articles going up. I've been a little bit on Facebook. I just, I've been busy since my grandmother got out of the hospital. If her caregiver isn't there, I'm there. So like tomorrow, her caregiver's not there. I'll be there for breakfast. I'll stick around for a while. I'll be back for lunch, and I'll be there at dinner. Uh, time for looking for jobs and things are, you know, it's been thin. But any, any, anyway, so I, I, I tell him uh, this. I asked him another question because during Friends of the Magic. Uh, Patrick had a little walk around, you know, in Frontierland. And I happened to catch the video. I was I don't know what I was looking for, but I found something and you know, it recommends other ones to the side and I saw Patrick's mug. So I thought, okay, I'll go watch, you know, I'll watch it and see see what it is. I didn't go on this particular event even though I did do Friends of the Magic. And he mentioned about they if I remember right. Now, if I get a little wrong, then I'll apologize to Patrick later, but I'm pretty sure I have it right here. Patrick said that when they took out um, nature, the, the mine train through nature's wonderland that uh, they buried a lot of the animatronics on site. And I think we've discussed yes, this Yes, yes, we talked about that. And so I asked Tony about this. And it's like, he looked at me again funny. He says, no, almost every single piece of animation from nature's wonderland was used either in California or Walt Disney World's um, Big Thunders. And he even started to describe me. Well, the bobcat's here. The this is there. I'm like, sweet. Okay, oh, that's awesome. Okay. And you got okay. that recorded? No, I didn't. Oh. <laughs> because you know, already I was, I was. He was on his time, if you will. Um, yes. So I just listened to him. You know, I, I, I didn't think it was fair to, you know, 
be recording and not tell him and then to add that into I want to talk to you and ask some questions just didn't seem right to me. You know, and I'm not un that underhanded. You know, it's not like reporting the Watergate scandal. I'm, I'm not recording it uh, serendipitously or whatever. Sur surreptitiously. Exactly. That, that, that word you just used. Surreptitiously, yeah. yes. Uh, so he says, but there, there was a burial. He says, oh, I remember the burial. They, um, there were some Jungle Cruise things that were, he, as he said, crushed and buried because I, I said to him, you know, the reason I left security was to get into architecture. And it doesn't make much sense to build on a foundation of a bunch of stuff buried. You know, that's when he kind of left. He said, no, I remember the burial. And it was uh, some Jungle Cruise stuff that was crushed. And it was, he says, it's roughly around where the old um, piece of rock that are still there from the uh, um, mine train. And I said, oh, yeah. He says, okay. and again, I wanted to clarify something because even, even Patrick mentioned these were the original uh, stones and rocks from the um, the mine train. They are, I said, but they were refaced, right? Because the, they they almost looked, let's say, like cut granite. They were really smooth on one side, and they had the rough Ooh. edge, right? Sorry. The the one that I call the Guardian of Forever. Uh, yeah, they, so we know where that is. Yeah, but I said, but they've been resurfaced <clears throat> and rethemed to match Big Thunder. Yes, so technically they're the originals, but they've been resurfaced, so they're. You know, roughly the same shape, but you know, so there's a there's a fine line there. But you know, I give them that point that those are the original ones resurfaced. So he clarified that. So okay, that's cool. So we now know they were not the big th or the uh, mine train uh, animals that were uh, buried there, and we weren't walking all over them wherever we were walking, and the attraction wasn't built on them. They were they were isolated to a, a, a real small area from jungle the Jungle Cruise ones that were grinded up or crunched up, and they were they were, you know put in a real small area because you know on my air force base when planes crashed most of the time after the, all the pieces were picked up they were just buried somewhere that we had a big area let's say like a junk pile that they'd dig a big hole throw it in there parts gone, and then they'd cover it up so that, the was, other, that was after they put it back together piece by piece to try to figure out what happened well, to it. Yeah. yeah that was months later right uh, you know we never really saw what happened after they picked it up out of the field and by the time it went over there but yeah probably like any investigation it was it that was done though i was told one sr was buried where it crashed right at the end of the runway uh you know again a story i don't know how true that is i'd have to do some research but i didn't really care that much so um All the right, other so, question so you're talking to tony yeah still talking to tony and i got one last question for him as he's literally looking and having things in his hands while i'm talking to him but he's you know he d was patient with me and i'm thinking god what a dweeb he just thinks i'm just another df right after, you know, <laughs> but, you know well, I, had some, well, he is right. I had some serious questions but i also knew he was there on his own time he wasn't there to socialize he was there to look and buy, buy stuff but then yeah. he's also social to people you know he's never from what i've seen turned people away he'll take a moment and talk to him even even uh, uh marty and dave though i didn't think dave was as friendly as he's been when uh, we've seen him at the studio um but so on with tony I, I said tony i you know i used to work in security i work graveyard i said i've crawled in and out of every space in the park i'm very curious about the space above uh french market I said looking around it's got it looks like it was prepped for a, a dining room it's got depressed floors for you know the uh tile it's got water it's it's got gas he said now where again i so obviously i could tell that he was you know engaged in what he was looking at 
I said above French Market. I said, I. it seems to me like maybe it was an extension of Club 33. He says, oh, no, oh, no, no. There was supposed to be a steakhouse up there. Oh. I'm like, really? He said, yeah. He For says, the public? Just, yes. He says, it just never got finished. They, they just didn't complete the project. You know, it been prepped and probably, I think, died off as Walt died off, maybe, right? They, they finished New Orleans. They got the, you know, big restaurants open and... Some, for some reason, there was no push. Probably the person who really wanted it was no longer there. It's my guess. He gave me no name for what it would be called. He says, look, he says, they've got uh, a big sweeping staircase. It's got an elevator. And I'm thinking, so Artist Corner. Where? That big, sweep, that big sweeping staircase at Artist Corner. Okay, okay. The, the one that's in, in the uh, Court of Angels. Court, okay, Court of Angels got the little gate to it, right? So it could easily be closed off. Run, goes up there. There's an elevator also going up there. He says, yeah, it, it was going to be a steakhouse. He says, but people kind of, over time, people forgot about it. And the studio, and Imagineering, the studio, it's just kind of gone unknown. He says, but there's been a renewed interest in dining, so there is a possibility that it will resurrect. There, because of the new renewed interest in dining, they are thinking about using that space once again. And there's even a back staircase by the restrooms, probably more for service and cast members than the public, unless maybe it was an exit, you know, uh, exit only, but you don't really enter that way. So that's the story where I've always thought it seemed easily to me as an extension of Club 33. It's not. It was intended to be a steakhouse. Separate place. Separate place and possibly renewed interest for it to once again uh, be a steakhouse or some kind of restaurant. That's cool. See, that's a nugget. That's a nugget of information. That that's a good nugget. Yeah, because that's that's a nugget that might take a while to really weed down to to the public or even the outlets. You know, it probably wouldn't be on anybody's radar. It's just because I knew what was in that space and climbed through it. Was always curious. You know. Um, oh, by the way, that that person we were talking about earlier, ring ring. Go ahead. Okay. All right. So that was. Um, that was my kind of big week, if you will, going to the uh, NFC, Disneyana Club Show and Sale, and the Heritage Award uh, luncheon. So that you know. All right, cool. And it's glad I'm glad to see that Chuck. Uh, he's the one that contacted you to actually come do your thing again. Yes, and we can discuss some other stuff off. Okay. All right. Off on that too. Uh. Well, what do you want to do? You want to get to some emails then? Uh, yeah, because there's one I wanna I wanna go over. I got a we got I got a note from the sandbox. We actually we all well Greg and I did from uh, Brian from Brian Sergeant yeah. Brian uh, in uh, somewhere in the sandbox. So I'm gonna say yes, Iran because I, I, I don't think he's well, Afghanistan from somewhere in the sand. He said yeah. so. Yeah. Um. He he accuses us of being three white guys from Big Bang Theory. Yes, I know. I saw that. Yeah. So are you going to read it or do you want me to read oh, it? Oh, uh, well, all right. I'll read the whole thing. All right. Okay. So it says, Zoomy, Squid, and Pogue. Oh, Pogue is you, Richard. Yeah, I think that was fairly easy to figure I out. I don't know. Yeah. Case, you know? Richard thinks he might think he's a Zoomy. Uh, I was listening to one of your latest shows, and you're all bullshitting about Lord Vader and not upsetting him. All I could think about was how all of you are. <laughs> Such fucking nerds. And then it hit me. You're all the living, breathing, real three white guys from the Big Bang Theory. If only Toast was back in California, it would make all four. <laughs> Did you ever see it that way? Nope. Uh, I, no, I've Brian, thought, I have not. I've, I've thought about it. We've talked about 
whether or not you guys watch the show before. I do. I would be I'd be curious though to who he thinks is who. Yeah, well, see, I I I think Big Bang Theory is more like my job, where the kind of arguments that they get into over how to split up four rice dumplings yeah. amongst three dudes. <laughs> yeah. We we. <laughs> Sometimes at work we get off in the weeds and crap like that. All right. So anyway, by, by, by the way, the tall skinny guy was on Ellen the other day. My my daughter just loves Ellen, so she goes, "You gotta come see this." The guy, I thought maybe his voice might be put on a little bit. No, no. <laughs> and he acts. He is a nerd. <laughs> you know, so he, he was no in more. school for scoundrels too. <laughs> was he? Yeah. I haven't seen that. All right. Keep reading. Then on to this last show after a five-hour download. You're all talking about the difficulty of finding a charity that you can work for to get a free ticket to the park. Well, I have found one, and you can even get paid for doing the work. It is through a program that the company has that I like to call Give Four Years, Get Three to Five Days. And how can you get this great deal? <laughs> Join the military. We got word over here that once again, Disney is doing its military salute at Disneyland or Walt Disney World. All military can get free tickets and discounted tickets from January to August. We all over here are hoping that they will extend it since we don't get to come home until October. Oh, well. And then he asked if we had taken pictures at his wedding. I did not. Did you take any pictures um, at his wedding? I took some yeah, iPhone I took, photos. So I, I took some they, phone pictures. I think yeah. they were more of the um, the table settings and the, the total, how would you say, uh, DFness oh, of yeah. the center centerpieces. And <laughs> yeah, that's what I got too. <laughs> All right, so uh, if we're in the park on Saturday evening, do me a favor and stop by the flag retreat and say hi to Gunny Ernie for me. Thanks. And then, uh, as always, great show, all that blah, blah, ass-kissing bullshit. Always look forward to the next, even if it does take all damn day to download out here. Thanks for keeping me close to the park through all your stupid rants. I an- Oh, and by the way, it says, Sergeant Brian, somewhere in the sand, go Army beat Navy. <laughs> well, I answered him. Let me read you my reply real quick because... And, and then the other one email I got that you didn't is also in regards to that uh, volunteer thing. So we'll follow okay. up with that. I told him, I'm glad to hear that he's doing okay over there. And I said, even if you're bandwidth for shit, maybe you should hit up some of those signal core dudes and see, oh, wait, you know, because he's a signal core guy, right? You would think he'd be able to fix his own bandwidth. Uh, and I told him back in my day, all we got from Disney was the raised middle finger, or, you know, go join the Magic Kingdom Club. And I said, we don't. I don't think he qualified for Big Bang Theory status. And then I asked him how his family was doing. and I, Because, uh, you know, his wife was pregnant, ready to give birth at any time. And they were trying to uh, see if he would be still around for the birth of his kid or not, right? And uh, I got his answer that this is kind of a... It's actually kind of a, a kick-yourself-in-the-ass story. Uh, let's see. All right, so family was doing well. Maria was due on January 29th, but never made that date. His deployment started on the 2nd of January at 3 o'clock in the morning. So they're at an airport, um, and then they, uh, their family was, were, was able to be around them, but then at some point at noon, all the families got sent home. Um, so he said they loaded the airplane, they got their wheels up at 13.28, so 1.30 in the afternoon. Maria's water broke at 2.25. Oh, jeez. Okay, so he lands at JFK, and the first thing he got on his phone was Maria saying, please don't be mad, her water broke. So the problem is, is that if her water broke before he had taken off, he'd been able to stay behind for the birth of his child. But no, he's on his way. So while he was flying from JFK to Germany, um, his kid was born. He landed- yeah, good, because technically his deployment started here, not out there. That's that's too bad. Yeah, so yeah, by the time he landed, um, they had a baby girl, and... Uh, 
her name is Samantha Rose. And Rose is in Briar Rose. And he says, yes, he's a DF. <laughs> There's never been any doubt. <laughs> no. So, yeah, she's fine. Five pounds, 10 ounces, 19 inches. She's born on the 3rd at 3 in the morning. So, like, 24 hours. He, he said they, wow. his deployment started 2 January at 0300, and the daughter was born at 3 January 0300. So, he just barely missed it. So, as soon as he gets home, he's going to take her to Disneyland. I know she won't get much out of it, but it'll be fun for us. And then he sent a picture of her with her friggin' first hat. It says, my first hat. And it's about twice the size of the kid itself. Well, all those things are. First baseball glove, first baseball yeah. bat, you know, first wife beater t-shirts. They're always big. <laughs> yeah, first wife beater t-shirts. So, yeah. So, yeah, Brian has Brian now has a family. Wife and daughter. One and big DF and family. And he's done. No, I don't think, I don't think Maria is the DF that Brian is. Brian, uh, who Brian. do you think did all those centerpieces and all the picked the colors and did all that? Okay, the color was his choice because Signal Core color is it's orange. Right. Okay, right, but, but all that so she created all that stuff. Went and got all those Legos. Uh, she, I think she picked most of the names and all that stuff. So I okay, I give, but uh, she may not be to his. He's let's say if we were discussing it in Mason terms, he'd be a thirty third degree DF. <laughs> she might only be a third degree initiate, and she'd be in the. Uh, uh, stars of uh, whatever that one is for the the women, but you get my drift. Yes, I think they're both equally, uh, you know, worthy of mouse ears. <laughs> so we got um. That's good. It's good to hear from him. Glad uh, he is safe so far. Well, let me let me plug his blog real quick. Oh yes, please do. You know, it's www. stands for Life and Tan and Green. Blogspot.com. So you can keep up with Brian, our DPNer. Oh, in his first email where he said, you know, go Army, beat Navy, I said to him, back to him, as far as go Army, beat Navy, there's always next year. All right. Well, forward me that um, that last one, and I'll get the link and all that stuff out of there. All right. All right. So we got one from a guy named Chris. I won't read his last name like uh, usual. We try not to out people too much. Um, hello. I was listening to your podcast about Disney's new promotion, Give a Day, Get a Disney Day. I know you are a little disappointed with the promotion thus far, but I think you're getting the facts wrong from the website. I actually work for Think Together, or an organization that is involved with the promotion, and you have mentioned it on the show. There are events that happen on a specific date and only need a certain number of volunteers, but when the details say scheduling to be arranged, it means when you sign up, you'll be contacted by the organization to schedule a day you can come in to volunteer. There are many open opportunities to volunteer. With organizations like Think Together, you must show proof of negative TB tests because you will be working with kids. When I got hired, I had to show this as well as get a live scan. And I've had one of those, which is a sophisticated fingerprint. And I had to get that to teach at school, which is a sophisticated fingerprint. I agree. I agree that this only adds to the hassle of volunteering. But there are other opportunities that don't require anything. I really like this promotion for what I'm trying to do with the kids I work with. I am teaching them about community service, and this is a great way to get them excited about it. We will be volunteering, and through this program, it gives these kids a chance to go to Disneyland, which they otherwise would not have the chance to visit. So hope this clears things up. I can't say I love you. Wait, I can't say I love your show, but I do listen week after week. Chris. Huh. All right, Chris. Well, thank you for the correction. Thank you for pointing it out. 
it, it would be just nice that if when you saw that details to be arranged later that you understood what it meant that click it and we'll contact you yeah that there yeah. was some kind of explanation because i know i was writing an article for the examiner and um i you know i was writing my articles as i see fit which i still think is fine but i got this um wrote one i got this comment about you know you should spell check and i checked it like five times um and there were there was i found a small couple of small grammatical errors i i have an architect friend who was reading it says uh, let me you know i'll i'll proof read i said do you really want to because i'll be sending you a lot of things but um there wasn't that much wrong with it but the guys the guys accusing me for throwing my opinion and it was an opinion piece and being snarky and i'm thinking wait you're using a word that's snarky <laughs> even a real word and it's telling me about spelling and uh throwing in my opinion and uh oh it was a, i called um uh, the world of color may be a world of hurt for guests at... I read that article. Yeah. It sounded suspiciously like somebody else's take on what's going to really? happen when world of color comes out. Really? I haven't read anybody else's take. Would you be talking about Al Putz? Yes. Oh, really? God, I hate to think that we think alike sometimes, but I've been accused of doing what he does before. And why am I being so hard on Al when you do the same thing? I guess uh, it's a matter of perspective. Uh, what'd you say? You're hard on Al? When I'm when we bash Al, okay. is that better? No, I don't bash Al. You bash Al. Well, that's what I said. When, okay. when you know, so I guess it's just a matter of perspective and how you view what uh, the way. I just don't like the way he takes everything out of yeah. management. You know, or he claims credit for stuff. Yeah, I know. Yeah, but anyways, um, you know, I was so I, I'm trying to make the articles more positive. I've been told that they think. You know, readership will go up with, you know, nobody wants to read negative. Those that's for a limited audience. So, fine, whatever. But what, uh, you want shiny happy articles. Well, you know, try to put a positive spin to everything. Because I was writing that when I first started writing one about give uh, give a day, get a Disney day. You know, it was really kind of negative. And I was looking. I was I looked up my volunteer opportunities. I finally went to see, and I was looking at you know Disney advertises the family. They show families doing this together, and I found very few family options in my area. And if we, if you go to the thread at the DPN from our show about Give a Day Get Get a Disney Day, uh, some people said there were no volunteer opportunities in their area at all. Yeah, I saw that. Um, oh. And the, the kid opportunities are—I don't want to say far and few, but they're much less. And if they're under six, oh no, is it uh, is it under nine? I forgot what is it nine and up. No, six and up is the the absolute limit, but most okay. of the majority of the opportunities are twelve and fourteen. Okay, right. When do, and my point was, when do they start challenge or charging uh, kids the full adult price at Disneyland? At uh, age twelve, is it ten? Yeah, three to nine. Yeah. Well, yeah. three to nine is child's three to nine is child's place, child's, and then okay. you know ten and up is adults. So, and again, this guy says he's having the kids volunteer. Who's going to take the kids to Disneyland? Are they going on a field trip from his little his organization? If that's if that's the way it's going to work for them, that's great. But if their parents have to take them and they haven't volunteered, uh, oh, oh, that's the other the other thing. You you just can't drop your kids off to volunteer. They have to be yeah, with, with an adult. With a, with, did it say with a parent or did it say with an adult? Because I've wondered, like, if this guy runs, let's let's say the local boys and girls club want to take, um, they have a thing locally where they can go clean a park up or something. Okay, cool. You know, learn about taking care of your uh, your city and all that. And now you can all go to Disneyland. Uh, let's see. So can those two or three 
chaperones do that? I, I don't know. I didn't read that far into the rules, but I just found that my uh, the things to do were somewhat limited, even in my area. Uh, there were things, and then, like you said, there were a lot of those to be scheduled. I'd like to go to the, the site and just be able to sign up for a day, not, you know, go through the hassle of finding out when, where, and how. But, you know, it's not to say there wasn't. But then it jumped to where, you know, it was throwing me the things 80 miles away. Well, I'm not driving 80 miles to volunteer. Yeah. Uh, so, so I don't know. You know, if it works out, great. But I've – and some people have made the post, what happens after this year of promotion ends – is it going to leave some of these charities with big holes because they had all these people volunteering and now that they're not getting anything for it, they're not going to be around next year? Well, I think I think one of the things, it, it said it in the uh, press release from Disney, and that was what was explained when they were talking to us about it uh, just prior to, uh, back in December, just prior to the start of it, is the hope, the hope and the anticipation is, is that it will encourage people to try doing some volunteer work and realize, hey, this isn't so bad, and it might encourage some people to continue on with some of the volunteer work for the sake of the work that needs to be done. Well, you know, if people are first, if people only get involved in this because of the reward, the monetary award, I don't think you're going to change too many of those like those kind of minded people. But here's another thought, and, and by the way, did you know, did you know, by the way, that this Get a day, get a Disney day is a part of what will you celebrate? Because when you go to their website, what will you celebrate is still there, and then it's now in addition to that this this uh, volunteer program. But what I'm wondering, or is what I I think I might have even put it in my article, Disney could run this from now to eternity in the background, not be their main promotion, but still encourage this. Because I don't think this this kind of promotion is going to be anywhere near what the last two promotions were as far as bringing people into the park. But the, Disney's always had a fairly big altruism, volunteer kind of thing at the park. So I don't see why it would hurt them to continue this in the background, especially if the numbers are a lot lower than what you know the birthday thing was and the, and the other promotions to get all that free stuff, right? Oh yeah, it it you know they can do do it like you said in the background virtually forever it doesn't cost but, them anything to do it i mean in theory there it doesn't really cost them anything to do this promotion in in theory and i think in real it's actually even a tax write-off oh, yeah <laughs> but um <laughs> yeah, that's another great thing to find out for disney it is but, yeah yeah for yeah, disney it is but no going back to what oh, i was saying hey, it's, by the way I'll go ahead. You finish, and I'll, I'll hold, cross my fingers to think of that thought. Even even if it just has you know a handful of people uh, that might not have gotten involved into a volunteerism to say, hey, this isn't too bad, and they stick with it, then it would have been worth it because now you, you I mean, even if you know those handful of people are now helping you know helping with their volunteer work, they might not have gotten involved in it. If it hadn't been for something. If it does, I personally think it'll be a small amount of people because I think people who do volunteer, you know, at their churches, Big Brother, all those kind of people, they didn't need a monetary reward for it. Um, but if it does change a few people's minds, great. I, I'd i like to see some real statistics, not anecdotal uh, shit like we're doing here. But my other thing, Mike said maybe it was a tax write-off. Do you ever think that that 
might be a taxable thing to you, you've now been given, you know, granted, who would claim it? It's under, you know, so much money, but you're just been given a $60, $70 ticket. Uh, is that theoretically taxable? Uh, no, I thought 600 bucks is the magic... Uh the magic threshold. I know there's things for like 1099s. Most companies don't, you know, report it <laughs> under 600 bucks or 900, whatever that, like you say, that magic uh, number. Six, yeah, 600 has been the magic number as far as I can remember where 1099 becomes required, except on some things they still require it on. Well, you know, let's, let's hope for the best. I, you know, I've always wondered, you know, if they got a ton of people helping, let's say, Habitat for Humanity, and then next year they get, you know, 100th of what they had this year. They'll be looking for a lot of hammer swingers, you know, really soon. Like I say, let's hope for the best. I, <laughs> I, 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 yeah, nail gun, throw, whatever you want. <laughs> well, I, I thought you were referring to digging people out of rubble. Oh, no, 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 no. I mean, no, the people that build real houses that don't fall down. That's yeah. Habitat for Humanity. Uh, but, you know, part about Habitat for humanity, the people who are benefiting from it are participants in it. They're not just, you know, giving it for, you know, no right. sweat. Right, they, they, they have to actually put sweat equity in there. Uh, but, you know, um, uh, from what I'm seeing from some of the posts in the DPN, and they're not a lot, but I'm finding that most people are somewhat cynical about this particular promotion. Uh, so I'm not sure if Disney's done a good enough job in their promotion of it. They, they sure haven't swayed a lot of people to think, this is a good thing. But then on the other hand, I think too many people are so stuck on all these huge promotions they've had for what the, we almost four or five years now. We, we've been with this in your face. You got to have something. Yeah. Give something away, get some free. I would rather see them continue just those, you know, uh, free dining times, you know, Buy four nights, get one night free. You know, those are the kind of things that go off and on that you do seasonally to to try to get some numbers in when times are down. I personally think those work better, but I'm not at the corporate level. I don't know what their numbers are. I'm guessing those those are what worked for me. What enticed me to go to you know Florida in August? Free dining. Exactly. Yeah. So, hey, we'll see. Um, okay, uh, we did we do the. Um, Lord Vader's email about the flyover country. I've got one here that uh, went to only you and me. And, well, you know, okay, well, I don't think we did. It's another one about the give a day. Get a day. Uh, Go ahead. So we might as well do it. Go ahead. Hey, you guys never discussed these things as you stated on the last podcast. <laughs> really, Lord what? Vader? I don't know. I think the give a day, get a day is a crock of affluent material, in my opinion. The intrinsic good that should be attained for doing good is its own reward and not getting a ticket to Disney. If I were a charity, I'd be a little apprehensive taking people for a day just so they can gain free admission to the park. Like you, I found the birthday giveaway very annoying. It seemed as if every dredge in society <laughs> decided to go to Disneyland on their procreation day. Can you imagine if Habit... God, I feel like I just said this, but in my own words. Can you imagine if Habitat for Humanity... <laughs> he just planted a, it in your brain, dude. It was the force. Yeah, it's probably what The dark was. side planted that in your brain. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, can you imagine if Habitat for Humanity had a person working on a house for just a day to get the tickets? Rather than caring about the quality of craftsmanship, they are only concerned with their ability to see Mickey at a discount. 
I would like to see a discount of people who are in the service, police, fire departments, and education. These are the people doing jobs in lower pay every day and not looking for a handout. Just my opinion. Well, back to the unwashed masses, masses, unwashed masses. Love the show. Keep it up, especially the bandwidth or epically the bandwidth. Especially the I don't I don't think that one was spelled right, Lord Vader. Uh, and he yeah. says Vader out. Oh, well, thank okay. you, Ryan Vader. Yeah, well, have you, I'll say Seacrest. Have well, no, have you seen um, Fired Up? No. Oh, you, 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 both of you must see that. You know, it's a cheerleader movie, but it, there was a great guy side of it because it's two, you know, dude football players that are just trying to score. And they decide instead of football camp in Texas sweating their ass off, they're going to go to cheerleader camp. <laughs> they could become cheerleaders. But they have, you know, it's like some of these cheerleaders, they'll, they'll do like Panthers out. And they do this little hand thing. You're like, oh, <laughs> snobby bitches. You know, but it's funny. Um, and what, you know, that other one that had uh, uh, Elijah, or not Elijah, what's it, Dooku? What's her name? Uh, Elisha Dooku. Yeah, she was yeah, in uh, yeah. Bring It On. Bring It On. There, <laughs> there's a, Currently in the uh, dollhouse now. But, which is uh, canceled. canceled, yeah. Oh, was it? Oh. Yeah, where have you been? Anyways, um, I'm still watching the Conan there O'Brien show. I can't even believe anybody watches that. But there's two anyway. dudes, one straight, one, what do you call himself, controversial? <laughs> yeah, but there's a point in the movie where all the cheerleaders are watching that Elijah Dooku cheerleader movie, and they're all quote, you know, they're like all out louder quoting the movie as it goes on. It's just, there's some really comical stuff, but it's, uh, it's called fired up university or something like that. And this guy's like fired up F you. And they're all like <laughs> F you. <laughs> it's, it's just got some funny stuff, but the outtakes at the end where they're trying to say all these other things, um, because the one stud is trying to say, you know, even if he, smoked pole he'd be straighter than you, you know? <laughs> and then he goes i can't say that <laughs> so they're doing like you know 50 variations of these <laughs> yeah, oh, wait, I, I gotta see that now <laughs> <laughs> uh, well if you had netflix forward slash imaginary in my way for a two-week free trial you could stream that <laughs> or to <your> computer i <laughs> could yeah i could yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a pretty funny one. It's, it's, um, anyways, <laughs> moving on. Um, did we do the, a different idea for a fourth Disney park? Did a we discuss different that? Idea. No. Different idea. No, because well, it's still in my unread pile. Okay. So in this unread pile, do you consider that one long enough to do a whole show or should we just read it and throw out our, you know, a few words of wisdom to it and. No, actually, I think this could stand on its own. So we should save that, is what you're saying. Yes. Okay. Let's let's save that then. I could uh, I could uh, play some voicemails. Yeah. Why don't we do that? See what we got going there. That that would be good. All right. So this first one is from someone named Vicky. Vicky. Hey, my name is Vicki from Kentucky, and I have a question. Um, I'm having a problem connecting to the old shows. Uh-oh. The way you used to have them set up, you could go on your uh, podcast and get them, but now it won't let you hook up through iTunes to get the old shows. How do you go about doing that? Thank you very much. Bye. Oh, wow. A, techni- a technical question. All right, well. If you go to MiceCast.com, you can download sh- old shows up to a certain point. 
And give me a second, I'll tell you what that point is. Uh, up until as far back as, I want to say January of last year. Yes, January of 2009. Prior to 2009, all the old shows are held on the old MiceCast blog, which is micecast.blogspot.com. Now, whenever I have spare time and I'm sitting in front of a computer, I grab three or four of these shows and add them to the new site. But with 153 shows, you know, it's going to take a while. Is there some way where you could just make a depository, if you will, repository? uh, um, Suppository. Suppository, whichever way you want to look at it. You know, just, you know, like literally a place where they could get almost like... just a long list, click on this one. No detail. Just dump them in where, uh, you know, it's almost like an FTP click. Click on this, download. Uh, yes, I could. For the, but, uh, for the old stuff. But they would also see all the other, because they're all contained at the root of the website, right? So they would also see all the other files that make okay, up. Okay, so you, see, I separate my, separate mine, not in the root, but put them into a podcast folder so you can forward it into. Sure, but when I type out the link, HTTP www.micecast.com forward slash micecast number, you know, micecast 001.mp3. Right. So I'm, I'm saving myself a step by going, instead of adding okay, an extra well, directory. Well, that's fine. I just, I, you know, just so, asking. So, Vicky, sorry for that. You can go to micecast.com and get them up to a certain point, point, and then all the ones from show one all the way up to show 115 is at micecast.blogspot.com. And there's a direct download link there. You can also go to the dpn.com. And every show listed there has a direct download link as well. So, there. Let's see, who's next? A guy named Carl. Let's see what Carl has to say. Hey there, this is Carl. I met, uh, excuse me, I met up with uh, Greg and uh, Mike at the, or I saw you guys at the D23 Expo. Uh, About a couple weeks ago, you guys were desperate for somebody to call from overseas. Well, I'm in Japan right now. I'm actually in the uh, American Airlines uh, lounge uh, waiting for my flight to head back to the United States. Unfortunately, no uh, Disney uh, parks for me. Last year, I got to go to both Hong Kong Disneyland and Tokyo Disneyland, but this year, all business. So I didn't get to go. Anyway, just wanted to get you a call in from uh, from overseas since you guys were kind of desperate to have that from your last call. Take care. Bye. <laughs> Thanks, okay. Carl. Do you remember meeting? Yes. You know, yeah, Carl's a good guy. I met up with him also about I said about a month ago. We had uh, uh, we well, actually we closed down the um, storytellers during the lunch hour. He um, he's the guy that I told you is developing the chip that will be put into cameras to make them projectors. Yes. And the first generations are already out, but he's he's working on what will probably be the third generation. He had demo devices to show me. Um, he's also one that is telling me why monorails will never work because of the power to weight. I think it was power to weight, weight ratio. Uh, he's got he's got a whole bunch of reasons, and I was mentioning a few of them on the monorail society's uh, forum, and they respectfully disagree. I'd love to be able to put them together because. I'm in the middle being a fan of monorails. I think they could work in some cases, but not all cases. But I'm not technical enough on the technology from the monorail side or from his side. I'd I'd like to not be the middleman, and I'd love to be able to get some of these guys together. Uh, And this guy's, you know, Carl's super smart. Um, 
uh, I think he's got a PhD in uh, BDF and a BFD and a whole bunch of other things. The That's guy's, all. Yeah, the guy's pretty smart. Yeah, and he would. Uh, it'd be great. We should even have him on sometimes. He's he's a pretty interesting dude. But yeah, we met him. Um, I, I you know I don't know if he met you at D23. I bumped into him a few times at D23, and like I said we met up at uh, at Disneyland during the Christmas season, watched the parade together, uh, did Small World, did the lights and all that kind of stuff. Uh, so yeah, we hung out. Good guy. Yeah, uh, interesting. Just this last weekend, there was a uh, show on, I can't remember if it was National Geographic or if it was on History or Discovery, uh, talking about the history of monorails. And they took five trains, five monorail trains in particular. And they had a, I'm trying to remember the guy's name, a member of the Monorail Society being interviewed while they were talking about it. Well, there's only one person that represents the Monorail Society, that would be Kim Peterson. I think that's who it was. The owner. He's been on Imaginary My Way. We did a big interview about monorails not too long ago. But uh, it was real interesting. They uh, talked about the uh, maglev train that they've built in Shanghai. Mm-hmm. Uh, talked about uh, old overhead rail car that's been in service for over 100 years now uh, in uh, Germany. I'm trying to remember what city yeah. in Germany. Monorails, believe it or not, uh, I think find their origin quite a few years ago they're not you know couple, 1950s. Couple hundred, they, yeah. they had they, about 200 years ago they had a uh, a uh, drawing a one of those what is it where they carve it into wood for the stamps they had a drawing of a monorail that was horse pulled uh overhead monorail yep. trolley that was horse pulled that's 200 over 200 years old i actually found a reference to one uh, from a guy who's got a lot of information on the old allwegs um about something with the aqueducts, and I don't know if it was something he proposed that could be run on like the old Roman aqueducts or some kind of uh, proposal that maybe they pulled some, you know, movable things. Um, but anyways, they are a lot older than what people tend to give them credit for, which is about, you know, the age of uh, Disneyland or, you know, maybe 10 or 15 years older. Yeah, they had, you know, for sure go back into the mid-1800s like Richard was saying with that horse-drawn one, I've seen that one. Um, and if you go to monorails, monorails with an S dot org, that's the Monorail Society. About everything you'd want to know, uh, and some estimates on cost, uh, as close as they can be, are uh, on that site. They've got a little bit of everything. Okay, any right. more? Uh, yeah, voicemail? got a couple more here. Hang on. I was, right. I was you should have had them queued up and ready. Quenching my thirst. You're, I haven't. You're, I haven't you're, got you're, the. Your production skills are, you know. No, there's a there's tools, you know, that you can queue all these <laughs> things up, but the free ones are about what you'd expect, what you pay for, right? right. Exactly. Exactly. Hard, and with the sal- hard, salary that we're paying you, we should expect a lot more. Obviously, you're not a highly paid broadcast engineer. Yeah, hang on, I I clicked the wrong one, and I'm gonna play it again because it was funny. I'm hard. Hey. I'm hard. Let- I'm hard. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> all right. Uh, all right, here. This one's from. All right, let me just find find uh, Renata. Renata, here. What is it? Hey guys, it's Red out here in Utah. Oh, Red! You know, I just got done listening to your mailbag thing from the tenth, and you know you're asking about the home Mormons and the caffeine thing. Yes. Well, we from what I understand, it's not caffeine because caffeine keeps you awake. It's because it's addictive, and yeah. so. Sure is. Soda without the caffeine is okay, and 
I guess apparently as long as you're not addicted to it, you're okay, but because it has the potential to become addictive, it is the caffeine for that reason. I even had a church leader tell me once that if you would drink coffee every day, as long as it's decaf, you're all right to be all spiritual and holy and stuff. But if it's got the caffeine in it because it can become addictive, well, what the hell? I guess you're screwed. <laughs> you know, I think it's kind of funny. I don't believe anyone's ever seen a caffeine-free Mountain Dew or caffeine. I mean, just oh, anything caffeine-free that generally has caffeine in it. Well, the Mormon Church actually has it at their missionary training center in Provo, Utah, as it was there when I was there years and years ago. But, yeah, caffeine-free Mountain Dew kind of defeats the purpose, if you ask me. Anyway, guys, y'all have a nice day. And, by the way, it's only 17 degrees in Utah right now, and I'm out here walking the streets as my as the post office dictates me to do. Man, oh, I wish word. I was in California. You sons of bitches, I am incredibly <laughs> jealous. But then again, at least my economy's not tanked out. And I didn't get an IRU from the IRS this year from the state, so I guess I will take my tax refund and you have fun with your IOUs out there. Later, y'all. Bye. Thanks, Red. Uh, that's funny, but I, I, did not, I never got an IOU from my uh, state income tax. I actually got a check, uh, so I was no, happy. Okay, did you get your check when you were supposed to? Uh, yeah, I think the time I filed and everything, it, it was all going fine. Oh, I see, I, I I filed in February, and I got my tax return in May. I usually push mine towards the 15th, and not right at the 15th. I'll get it done in uh, late March, probably, because in the, you know, two jobs ago, I always had to wait for a particular form um, that is not legally having to be there by... Uh, was it January 31st? I think you're supposed to have all your yep. uh, W-2s or 4s, whichever one that is. Yep. Well, th this other form for distribution isn't legally required to be done by then. So we had to wait for the company to do all their crap. And, you know, it was always pushing uh, the end of March, uh, first week of April, which always, you know, made my tax guy just love me. But he's a sealer fan, so he gives me a break. Oh, uh, that's good. <laughs> but um, yeah, I see that that whole caffeine thing again. Um, I, I wish I remembered better this conversation with uh, my sister in law when she was dating a, a Mormon kid. He, you know, he he pointed to some chemical, but I can I can already see that there's some unclarity even amongst Mormons what um, that is. But I, I can understand the addictiveness. But then you wouldn't have see, isn't there? caffeine and chocolate yes there is so you know you really have to if it's if it's just the caffeine you really have to eliminate if you know if you're a good mormon and good standing uh have to eliminate a lot of good stuff but uh all right i got one more that's why bill handle says he's not a good jew because he loves pork and some other <laughs> all right one more from danny danny hey guys this is danny or dag from the dtn forum danny. hey well i got two things for you today uh first I was kind of wondering if you guys uh, get your take on um, the new AP rates that are uh, going effective the first of the year, so 2010. Seems like a pretty substantial increase, at least for the premium level. Uh, just curious what your guys' take was on that. So on a second note, I was going back and I noticed I missed an episode, and I was uh, from November 9th. I was listening to the voicemail back on November 9th, and I found it interesting that at about 36 minutes into it. 
uh, Greg, you were talking about uh, how you used to DJ at Roller Ring and how you used to do the splits. <laughs> Seriously? The splits? Dude. I, I just kind of surprised the other two of you let that one slide by without even making a comment about it. So I figured I'd better call in and, and make the comment. Awesome. So, hey, you know, maybe you can show us those splits only times at the next West Fest or something. Anyway, you guys, take it easy. Have a good one. Thanks for all the hard work and uh, putting out the podcast as regularly as you do. Take care. Thanks, Danny. What, all right. What, what, what's worse is back in those days, especially. Now, Greg makes fun about how I used to always wear a jacket all the time. And I did. I, I, I wore a jacket. It didn't matter how cold or how hot it was. I always wore a jacket. But I always had to carry his wallet because he had his Angel Flight disco pants on all the time <laughs> back in those days, too. So, Well, I, I, I would not say that you... In fact, I never remember giving you my wallet. But I wouldn't doubt that I might have, depending on... Uh, which and your car keys. Which Jordache jeans or Angel Flight pants or uh, parachute pants I may have been wearing it today. But, you know, that's when I had a 29 waist, too. You know, uh, so, you know, I was pretty thin and uh, could wear those. Uh, I'll, I'll agree with you that you were a beanpole back then. So, uh, But, yes, I did DJ and I was uh, on roller skates, could, you know, do a pretty good split. I uh, not not. Uh, you know, cheerleader type split or anything, but as far as skating, I was I was okay in the day, I guess. But uh, looked like gold member out there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's funny. Uh, annual premium passport goes without up the style. The four hundred and thirty nine dollars. Dude, I got my renewal at the at the older ten ten dollar less rate. <laughs> so it's only ten dollars difference. Yeah, it went, up, it went up from four twenty nine to four thirty nine substantial i'm gonna stay on the monthly plan so i'm not you know i'm not crying too much over it as long as i can keep a 40 net uh so uh, it's funny is on their their annual pass page they only list two passports premium and deluxe uh i'm i'm sure they have not eliminated the other we'll see monthly payment available for southern california residents it's only like yeah. seven bucks a day or five bucks a day or five bucks a month or something for the i actually low- did I did a I did a, do a write up on an examiner about that how you know it gets down to pretty much nothing a day when you when you really break it down and it's really a good deal. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, was it, was the feel good piece? I mean, did you make it happy? Yeah, I tried to make it. Well, okay, how can good. it be happy when you have to spend money? But uh, yeah, but you said it's almost nothing a day. It's really a good. It value. really is. I, I good value. I figured out what it was, and it's actually you know when you look at it in that sense. It's um, it's a great deal. Uh, it's it's an awesome deal. But it's fun. I there's a Southern California City Pass. Okay, the Southern California residents offer annual passports. They only list two annual passports here. That cannot be right. No, no. The it's just on their front page of ticket things. I I just double clicked on tickets again, and they still only list two. I I. I, we, I'm sure we would have heard about it. Uh, let me click on this to become an annual pass holder. Buy a pass. Here we go. Yeah, all three of them. Four of them. I'm sorry. I so still they think range. They should... they, uh, yes, I know. You, 169 to 439 and you can get it for as low as $8.09 a month for the Southern California Select, up to $30.59 a month for the premium. So, you know, if you figure 30.59, that's less than a dollar a day for a premium passport correct it's not bad you know when you consider the value you, you pay ten dollars for a maybe lucky two-hour movie right 
Here you spend a dollar and you get a whole day. So uh, no, it's pretty good. Yeah, I, I think it's a pretty good deal. I think all levels are a pretty good deal, but you know, granted, I'd probably get rid of some of these, but you know. And we mentioned uh, I think on the last show that we that uh, we've gone well over nine hundred thousand annual passes for uh, pushing a million. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, again, a lot of people talk about what that does for their bottom line, and that you know, you—it's hard to dismiss. You know, it'd be hard for Disney to say we're not going to do this anymore. I'm, I mean, unless it, well, unless it just becomes so unmanageable, the crowds become so unmanageable. Well, uh, you know, we, we talked, we've talked about this on numerous different angles, and push come to shove, you got some, you know. It's it's a business. They they know exactly where their bottom line is. They know if they're making money or not, and they're obviously making money because they keep selling these things. So, yep, that's right. I mean, Disney's Disney's not stupid. Where the, I mean, and we all know what the drawback. We've talked about it on this show. What some of the drawbacks are, and if there were enough drawbacks that it wasn't quote unquote good business, Disney would start you know pulling back on some of them but obviously uh, they're making really good business off of it so uh, I see I think that's debatable what what part that it's really good business see they they well it depends on how you're defining businesses are you defining business as uh, the bottom line or the whole picture of guest satisfaction uh, whether or not people return uh, blah 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 you know, obviously, I think the bottom line looks good, or they wouldn't be doing it. Well, okay, correct. Bottom line looks good, but you know, now now we fall into management by spreadsheet territory. Well, all management at some point is going to look at the spreadsheet, or I mean, that is ultimately what you look at to find out if what you're doing is correct. It's it's a. Um, um, uh, not it's a, your score. It's your score. Uh, it's that's a good way to put it. It's kind of like a score, a scorecard in a way. I mean, at some point you have to analyze whether or not you're doing it. If they simply look only at the spreadsheet and not at the bigger picture, then yes, I would agree with you. But you tend to go to that as your catch-all for everything that's bad. Oh, it's spreadsheet management. Well, at some point you you do have to look at that spreadsheet. You know, do you run ten people at this attraction? Or do you run seven people at this attraction? You no, know, no, no. Have, I, my, no, know. my issue isn't do you run 10 or 7 people. My issue is does this attraction open at 8 a.m. at Rope Drop? Or does this attraction open at 9 when people actually make their way back to this section of the park? Does this attraction really need to stay open all the way to the end of freaking the operating oh. day? Or can we close it an hour earlier and make this, you know, make the labor hour or labor hours or dollars per hour go down by that much or go up by that well, much or whatever yeah, direction it's supposed I, to go. I understand what you're saying. And but you're is right. it, isn't that a good business decision sometimes? Well, I understand what he's saying. It, Short term, like, maybe. Well, well it, think, think about it. Let's, let's jump to Toontown, for example. It's primarily made for children, correct? Would you sure, agree? yes. It's a primary children's area. Um, uh, and when I've been in Toontown at night taking photographs, it's very even when the park's crowded. There's, it's almost a ghost town. Hardly anybody going into Mickey's house. Some tweens maybe going into Minnie's house. Practically walk on at um, the 
Toon Spin, Toontown Spin, or Ro- Roger Rabbit's, whatever that is. I could see them saying it's not economically smart or wise to keep that whole place open. It's not doing enough business. I, and why, you know, again, they can probably suck it up because the overall park is doing well. But, you know, when you do look around the park and see what's making money and what's not, that's why I've been my old thing. Don't keep an attraction open uh, if it's not putting butts in the seat. You know, there's better uses for it. Well, develop something new that know, draws it, butts in the seat. There, there was a time, uh, what was it, like, oh, I want to say seven, eight years ago. It was like right afterward, right after we opened the quote-unquote resort part where they were uh, suddenly Tiki Room wouldn't open up until noon. Jungle Cruise wasn't opening up until noon. Really? Jungle uh, Cruise? Yeah. And, uh, and then Jungle Cruise had the potential of closing like at, when we were open until 9 or 10 o'clock at night, Jungle Cruise would, op- would close down at, say, 8 o'clock or, or an hour before the park. And they were doing this on a number of the attractions. Number of key, I mean, Haunted Mansion didn't open up with the park. It opened up like an hour after the park. And they were doing this because they were realizing that at the start of the day, uh, they would only get maybe, you know, so X amount of people, but it wasn't. They weren't looking at it as it was worth their efforts to keep the attraction open for those couple extra hours in the morning. So they would delay the opening of it, and that when we went back into the 50th anniversary, that changed back to. It doesn't matter. People come in. They expect the Disneyland. You know. Disneyland says it opens up at not eight, nine, ten o'clock. It should be for the most part open at those times. Now there are speci- there are delays. Toontown doesn't open until uh, hour after the park does, and except on certain mornings when they have a, a special ticket event. And Interventions doesn't open until about an hour, hour and a half after the park opens. So it still has a little bit of that going on. But for the most part, when you go in, if the attraction is available, the attraction opens with the park. Yeah, I think the, I think the majors should be open. Um, I, I don't really don't see there's any reason why everything doesn't open in the morning and then based on how you know, popular yeah. things are in the trends. Maybe they close early, um, but I think you should to, allow everything to be open in the yeah, morning. Just Toon, my opinion. Toontown has to close down and be cleared fireworks. for fireworks. So at that point, yeah, the decision was came in that it didn't make like you said, it's predominantly smaller children that are you're going there and their parents. So it didn't make any sense that after fireworks to keep us full staff on just to keep it open for two more hours to people that weren't going to go in there. They'd go ahead and just close it down after fireworks. Um, there is some of that decision, but then it goes into um, one of the things I was going to mention, remember, we're going to go back into the popcorn wagon routine that I, uh, cha- changing the way they're operating. Is it open? The morning, no, it was not. The popcorn wagon on the hub was closed. Remember, we had a whole we did a whole show on the inability to find food after. No, no, I was yeah. I was kidding well, about uh, the old joke. About yes, the yes, I know wagon. where you were going, but um, popcorn the popcorn wagon on the hub at Disneyland was closed with nobody there. Now I remember when in the good old days when I was inventing, that was taboo. That wagon stayed open. If the park was open, that wagon was open. And I remember a number of times when it was downpouring rain, there were two people in outdoor vending, me working the light wagon and the lead who sat in the office and came out and gave me breaks. And 
we were the only two people working in outdoor venting that entire day, but that popcorn wagon stayed open. And, you know, the last couple of days, the popcorn wagon's been kept closed because, well, it's different management style. And, they're, and it's a little bit of what Mike's saying, management by spreadsheet. They're not looking at it as, you know, the whole reason the popcorn wagon was open wasn't just because it made money, but it was also, it had a certain look. I mean, Tom, Tom Thomas Kincaid did that picture of the popcorn wagon on the hub, the Main Street uh, whole look to it it gave Main Street a certain kind of look to have that popcorn wagon there and available regardless of what was going on. But I don't think Thomas Kincaid's uh, picture was of the popcorn wagon. It's of the castle and Main Street and the things that are happening around it. Yeah, but the popcorn wagon added to, what do you want to say, the ambiance of the scene? Uh, yeah. I, I understand what you mean. I went to Knott's last week with uh, Aussie John. And I'm so glad my brother-in-law got me complimentary tickets because I would have been pretty upset if I would have paid entry into that park. Why was uh, it bad? I could take pictures without seeing a soul in the picture. Yeah, I saw. I saw you. But why Why would that uh, make you angry that you can't see a soul? That means everything's well, a walk-on and there's no well, waiting in line for food. And What food? Wait, uh, they were closed? The um, majority of... Okay, when I worked there, Chow House was always open. Uh, now, Chow House is right across from the um, uh, the bar or the uh, saloon. That place was always open, and there's an ice cream corner that was right there, usually always open. Funnel Cakes. I've never seen the Funnel Cakes close when the park's open. It was. The the place that's right behind the, um, uh, the wagon train theater, uh, where they do the gunfights oh, and that stunt theater. Place there. Not that's not pizza. That in fact, that little pizza corner of it wasn't open. It, they've that's kind of the first fad fast food joint you see when you come in. There's a corn dog section. There's a pizza section. Supposedly the that's where funnel cakes were available. I didn't see it open. Um, I think the restaurant over in Camp Snoopy was open. That was about it. The rest of the park was primarily closed as far as restaurants all their shops uh to purchase things those all seem to be open uh with one or two people working in them um accelerator was closed montezuma's was having issues it didn't get get open for quite a while most of the little kitty rides in uh camp snoopy were open because i think that's probably what they thought their demographic for middle of the week was but you could count how many part or cars were in the parking lot it was just sad in a lot of ways the park is deteriorated it doesn't look nearly as good as it used to uh it's just going downhill going downhill going downhill um and you know when i worked there when times were slow but it, most of the uh restaurants would at least start to be open uh, the mexican restaurant in uh fiesta village was was open um also but the, you know nobody was was eating there but you know i can understand when things aren't open i mean you remember the days when, if it was slow, Plaza Inn or Plaza Pavilion be open, but Plaza Inn would not. It would only open with, you know, higher volume. That we've Disneyland has operated like that, even in what we consider maybe the classic days. There have been things that aren't open. Tahitian Terrace maybe not open during the week. Only weekends only during the slow period. Sure. So, but that's kind of that's, a, that's kind of an out of the way place, though, wouldn't you? Wouldn't you say? Uh, if you don't know about it, yeah, somewhat out of the place. But Plaza Inn, it's right there on the hub. Yeah, yeah. That Or you know? Carnation Gardens, right? That was also not... 
Right. Excuse me, guys. I'm going to have to uh, leave for just a quick second. I'll be right back. Oh, yeah, and I, okay. I understand the whole thing of how it looks. You know, I mean, um, the Main Street popcorn wagon, you know, the one in Town Square and one in the Hub, usually open till closing. Uh, but just because Walt did it doesn't mean it was right either. I mean, he failed. He made mistakes. Uh, can this economy support, you know, those kind of decisions, you know, quality over everything. Um, quite frankly, okay. there's there's not a person with a strong enough leadership in the company not to anymore. Push, that, push that kind of attitude through. And I'm not sure if that <laughs> attitude is even wanted anymore. You know, quite frankly, I think people have come to uh, put up with it and, ex- you know, expect a certain amount of that. I mean, it, that just seems to be more the norm. I'm not saying it's right, but I somewhat understand it having been at the other side where you have to make decisions, how many employees you have, what your hours are, you know, whether or not we can afford to put more time in on this job, you know, things like that. Uh, so I kind of understand it to an extent. Um, but, you know, I, 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 when you can't find anything to eat at 9 o'clock and, you're, and the park's open at 12, you're kind of scratching your head like, what the hell's going on here? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, what else? Anything else we need to uh, go over? Uh But before I start pimping out Westfest, oh, go ahead, pimp out Westfest. Unless okay. there's any more phone calls. No, no, we we wait. wait there's this. I'm hard. I'm hard. I'm hard. I'm hard. I'm hard. I'm hard. I'm Sorry. Is the, and is the popcorn uh, wagon open? Uh, 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 hard. I'm hard. I'm hard. <laughs> See, I can loop it now. I'm hard. I'm hard. I'm hard. Hey. <laughs> you, you know what you need to do is go get the old cut of uh, I like going up and down in the, the shaft. shaft. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> loop that one. If yeah, you okay. Uh, all right, okay. So we could we could do a best of shaft sometime. You know, put it to some music and. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, DPN West Fest coming up <laughs> April 29th through the second of May. We are working on a contest, right? Mice cast. I, I we'll believe we are. Contest. Yes. yes. Yeah, uh, sure, yeah. We will have a prize this year, unlike last year. And uh, the theme this year is we're going to give you the chance to earn your DF wings. That's right. Earn your DF wings. They look pretty awesome. Uh, what else? We'll still have a rabble rouser meet on Friday evening. Greg will have his standard get drunk meets. Yeah, I wouldn't say standard. I'm going to have the you know opening night mixer at the Lost Bar if that's what you're yeah. calling. Yes. Yeah. Uh, let's see what else. Uh, that's about it at the moment. It's Come kind on, of a light night. Come on down. What are you talking about, light night? Let's see. We are at. Uh, I bet we're at least hour, in an hour and, hour and a half. Yeah. Well, Richard, you could fill us in and let us know uh, why they're delaying World of Hurt. I'm, I'm sorry, World of Color. <laughs> World uh, of Hurt. Does Richard Richard you know, doesn't know? Do you, oh wait, do you think the freaking five days of flood freaking rain is going to help? Well, you know, it it depends. <laughs> I've heard that as an excuse for pushing it back. Some more of that I did read. I think someone posted that uh, maybe on the DPN. It, it really depends on what they needed to do. Whether or not that really 
help to hurt if it, if the guys can't be out there on the platform, you know, tightening screws and washers. Yeah, but if they're just uh, don't have the ability to run the hoses a few days and test, you know, can they make that up in late hours some other places? I don't know why that supposedly um, has pushed it back. It's not like they're still in the middle of major construction. They're at the fine tuning point. From Correct. what I understand or what I see, I can see if that said, you know what, our our red car is going to open a month or so late because the ground is so saturated after we we've just broken all this out. <laughs> yeah, that's we just, we, we, you know, we, we uh, can't. You know, the, you know. <coughs> there's actually a funny story that goes on. Um, of course, the river right now has been drained while they're working on some of the docks and the uh, track switch and everything out there in the rivers of America, and they also. Uh, are redoing the bridge entrance into Frontierland. So the moat in front of Frontierland has been drained. And they've actually been, they, I was told by somebody that they've had some cracks that were leaking some of the water. So they wanted to do some repairs out there. <coughs> Excuse me, I'm sorry. Um, they actually did cut into the uh, concrete floor of the moat i mean there's holes cut into it where they were doing some some sort of work i don't know what it is exactly that they're doing out there um so you got a, a small dam over at the plaza gardens that's keeping the moat contained over at the castle and you got a small dam over at uh the adventureland bridge area that keeps any water from backwashing from jungle cruise going over there yeah we don't need any backwashing in the jungle cruise yeah, so, <laughs> so of course with all the rain that we've had the last couple days uh the moat not only has it been raining in the moat area but the castle moat has overflowed quite a bit the dam that they had set up at plaza gardens <coughs> excuse me a little dry throat there and has completely flooded the uh Frontierland moat area to the point that it's overflowing the banks into the garden area. And of course, now that's overflowing the dam and going into Jungle Cruise. Well, Jungle Cruise, if the river system from Jungle Cruise empties out into the rivers of America on part of this whole big park circulation system, so now it can't go out into the uh, rivers of America. So the Jungle Cruise has been going down because the boats are floating up you know the too high of water level up on there in the meantime the rivers of america they just started to work out there and i heard what was it yesterday they had about a good three feet of water or more already flooded in the river because of all the rain that we've had that's amazing yeah so much for global warming um yeah, I can see how you were talking, uh, was it two days ago, you had enough water on Main Street, the ducks were swimming along. Yeah, we, we, the, the water was over the curb. Um, what was it, one of the one of the manholes uh, floated out? So that means the water was going into a store? Uh, it was just coming up shy of going into the stores. It was coming going up over the curbs, but it was shy. You know, the, the sidewalks are still a little sloped there. It was just enough to go over the curbs, but yeah, the... Uh, I was told one of the news stations actually uh, showed video of the ducks swimming on Main Street. You know, that uh, happened, I, it's okay, 15, 16 years ago when I was at the park. You know, the first big rain, it was a big rain. And, of course, we had had, you know, a dry summer, dry, you know, fall. All the storm drains are a little, you know, clogged up with all the leaves and the hosing down. And as soon as they had that large water... Uh, coming out, they had nowhere to go, and uh, Main Street 
was flooded. We had a few shops that uh, got a little bit of water, similar to what Richard's describing, and ducks all over Main Street. It was, it was it's it's comical. It's funny um, yeah. in a way. But you know, once they got all the uh, storm drains kind of cleared out, the water went away real quick. It's just, you know, you you don't think of I guess that kind of maintenance all the time when you, you've got a relatively dry and controlled uh, water runoff when you're just hosing down every night. Yeah, and yeah, um, I was over at the uh, 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 restrooms at Space Mountain, and there's a manhole for the storm drain just off stage from there and i guess it's i don't know if it's a uh, a tank a storage tank of some sort because suddenly this red warning light comes on and i'm, when, I'm asking guys does anybody know what this light is for and i guess it means that we had a high water level because suddenly the uh, manhole cover pops up about an inch and a half out of the ground and water just gushes every which direction all over the place it's it's going all over the backstage it's starting to fill up the uh pathway and starting to flood into the area down back towards the restrooms and everything and my first thought is oh great i hope this is not the sewer no it's the storm drains <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm right no next poo to the please no poo out. no poo please yeah, no, no it's just the storm drain. Yeah, little little floaters coming uh, <laughs> oh, man, run it, away but did you hear uh what happened in uh what was it san pedro or long beach yesterday the same type of thing happened where the flood the storm drains uh, over, you know, it was backed up and the, in nothing flat, they had about six, seven feet of water out there in the neighborhood. It was pouring in through people's windows because it couldn't go through the doors fast enough. It was coming in through the windows into their houses and it came out of the storm drain so hard that it actually pushed the manhole covers completely off to the side. So the, the uh, sheriff's department, the deputies were in there rescuing people, the fire department's rescuing people, and then the storm stops and the storm drains kind of settle in and now you kind of have the reverse problem. All the stuff's now going into these storm drains. Well, you have no manhole covers over the, over the drains and they were getting these big whirlpools out there that was just sucking everything in and the fire they were actually seriously concerned they had some strong currents they were seriously concerned about losing somebody down one of those manholes and uh one of the uh deputies was talking about yeah it was it was the current was strong enough it was ripping clothes off of people as they were trying to pull them out of the water cool so eh, i know i had to drive through a neighborhood i go this back route to my bank and uh I'd already pulled into it. And I'm like, crap. You know, I, you either back out of it or you just go through and another car was coming from the other way. You know, it was probably just below my door and I just trudged through it uh, or trudged through it because I knew, you know, it wasn't like an intersection you don't know if it dips in the middle. There, there's an intersection or that used to flood. I don't know if it floods now. Adams and uh, um, Brookhurst. I used to come uh, home from one of my jobs uh, surface street sometimes especially in the rain I, the freeway i just don't trust yeah, stay away, yeah. uh, and that intersection would always flood and you're like okay do i turn through this you know uh you know make that cut through the the corner uh gas station or something like that or try to go through it and you you just kind of watch a few you know trucks would go through okay you know doesn't look like any big potholes and as long as it's not coming in through my door i'm usually okay but uh, of course you know you see on the news today where people drive out in the middle of ones and they're standing on top of the car and sometimes they're just dumb shits you know they they stop 
where, where they should have just kept going. You know, it's just they time someone in, in one of those little smart cars. <laughs> one of those big puddles. Oh my gosh. And the, and the reporter refers to it as not very smart. <laughs> yeah. Well, my, my trash cans were starting to float away. And, I, and those are the those, those big, huge ones now that the trucks pick up with the arm. I think I'll grab them before they. Yeah, that, that way they could have one trash guy on the truck instead of three. Yep, yep. <clears throat> I hate them. Uh, but, uh, yeah, whatever. Why, they're free trash cans. Why is that a problem? Because there are times when I, you know, have more than what can be handled. And if you because want Greg's another, wasteful. Yeah, I'm wasteful. If you want another one, you have to pay for it. Um, I have such a small yard that I wouldn't, you know, really need the green one. And when I had a gardener for a while, he took care of it. So I don't really need the green one. It's just in the way. You can't get one of them out without taking all the other ones out because of how big they are. Uh, and I've got a five-foot side yard, and you can't get two out next to each other. That's a problem. And personally, I don't like sorting. Okay. I think that's going to do it for now because both Greg and Richard dropped. So... I'm just going <laughs> to, so on behalf of Greg and Shaft, this is Mike, and I'm going to say goodnight. Uh, and thank you for listening. <laughs> <laughs>